Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Champions Classic Tuesday to you, November 15th, 2022. You're listening to a Tuesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Edge. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen have a fun show planned for you today to get you ready for the Cats and the Spartans in just under 12 hours. Is Tip-off time. Be here before you know it. Scooter, Justin, Kalen, our producer, how are you? I am really good on account of you just said that the game starts at 7. I was unaware who played first tonight, so I was really hoping it was the Kentucky game to ensure that I'd be able to watch it all because I just I don't know if I could do a 9 o'clock start anymore. I mean, I, I stayed up for the whole Eagles-Commanders game last night, if you can believe it. Wow. So, little little on the tired side today, but overall pretty good. Not even a nine o'clock tip off, Scoots. More like nine thirty. Yeah, because they yeah, got that's a doubleheader, right? Yeah, I'll yeah. watch the first half maybe. I'd say the Cats bat at about seventy five percent in the Champions Classic with the late tip off. Uh, I, I and give me maybe like ten percentage points one way or another on Ooh. that. But they almost seem like they're always the late one. They're not. They're not always the late one. But it seems like majority of the time they are the late one. I'm also happy it's the earlier one. Um, Seven o'clock, perfect time. End at nine o'clock, totally doable. Nick Roush, how are you? I'm good. This is going to be the first uh, test of the year, though, because while I do prefer seven o'clock tips, it's now like, you know, bedtime is right smack dab in the middle. So really going to test my juggling ability and Duke's ability to fall asleep quickly because, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it's just I, I don't know I don't know how I'm going to do it. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's kind of a different animal with a with a toddler, but what I've done so far this season is we just pause the game, do bedtime. Bedtime usually not that long of a procedure over on this side of Louisville, and then come back, play, and then mm-hmm. I'm usually caught up. It's like two TV timeouts, and I'm usually caught up, and certainly by the second half. I'm all I'm I'm all caught up, and then no commercials, which is always a good time as well. Uh, so maybe that, that's that's what I've been doing. It's but not a bad, a little strategy. tougher for you because sometimes right. you got to lay down with the kid and all that mm-hmm. stuff. 
Yeah, yeah. And um uh, for fortunately though, if he if he does no nap, it's pretty quickly. But uh, he also prefers shower time with dad than bathtub time. So maybe maybe we just do bathtub time during the first half. He gets extra long bath, tires him out, and then we we do um we we go to bed at halftime. So that that that's a way around it. There you go. You'll figure it out. You're a smart yeah. guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but. <laughs> How was your Monday evening? How was, uh, did you celebrate DJ Wagner's commitment accordingly? Uh, not in particular, but I'm, I'm excited for today because, because I, I didn't really get that much time to revel in it. There was just, it was, you know, it was a very, very busy Monday news day in the UK sports world. So I I was really looking forward to this show because this was going to be our opportunity to really bask in DJ Wagner day and look, look ahead to the champions classic because most of my Monday was spent wallowing in uh, the suck that is Kentucky football right now. So uh, that, that was most of my night followed. Yeah. Yeah. uh, In early bedtime. Like I, I saw that the commanders were winning and I was like, Really? They're 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 gonna do this? And I, I had some fantasy implications. It was a lot happening. I was like, Well, I I, I have trust, I have faith in my team. And hey, first place Roush over here. Oh, look at me now. I watched uh, the first half and then saw the, the second half this morning um as a surprise. So I it, it, without spoilers. So it was uh I was shocked to see the Eagles lose their first game of the season to such a kind of average team. I don't even know if you can call the commanders bad anymore. Like I, I don't think they're great, but they keep winning and they, they've beaten teams that I don't think they should have beaten. Uh, so I saw that and, and lost one of my fantasy games by 0.69 points, which is nobody cares about anybody's fantasy. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of that. Not nice. Not nice at all, Scooch. Not nice 0. at 6, all. 0.69. That's nice. It's the third game I've lost by under like one and a half points this season or two points or whatever it's been, uh, which are always frustrating. But this is the league I could afford it and more opposed to my big money league, which I am basically dormy to make the playoffs. So got to really get hot. Although I won points this week, which comes with a cash prize, which is always a good time. But again, oh, nobody nice. nobody cares about right, fantasy. Right, nobody cares. It, it's been a rough go for our buddy Trevor Kelsey. Is he? Is his teams ever? Are they ever going to win again? Maybe oh. not. Can I just say too that uh, big shout out to Taylor Heineke? Like, I don't. He never looked that part, but like maybe give him a little more runway instead of trading for Carson Wentz. Like, what? How is Carson Wentz ever going to be an upgrade from t- Taylor Heineke? I just I don't I, I don't get it. But very very happy. For that guy who uh, wasn't going to get a second chance after starting for most of last season, Carson Wentz gets hurt and he's four and one as a starter now. So, shout out to that guy. Yeah, shout out, shout outs to to go around. Uh, we're going to get to pretty much everything. We've got a lot of text on the Thornton's tax line. We do need to talk about Mark Stoops' comments from yesterday, the the noon press conference, and then also, of course. The coaches show and Calipari spoke. We'll obviously talk a lot of UK Michigan State getting you ready for tonight. Just a quick update to start the show. Oscar was going to practice yesterday, and Cal says he wants to try to get him a few minutes tonight or a few 
It's going to maybe play some stretches, short stretches, something mm-hmm. along those lines. So at least it seems like the temperature is heading towards Oscar seeing the floor tonight, but we'll get more into that as the show goes on. I mentioned the Thornton's text line. That is 502-414-1450. You can text into that number any point of the day, anytime you're feeling down, excited, elated. The Cats just hit a big a big uh, three-pointer. Go ahead and send your text in. It doesn't have to be just during the show, although certainly can do it between 7 and 9. or during the replay, 9 to 11 on Big X Sports Radio. You can get your podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky Roll Call. But want to remind you, the reason that the Thornton's text line is so great, it's because of you all, and it's because of the namesake, Thornton's. You can find a Thornton's pretty much all throughout Louisville, and they're doing something really special right now where if you download the Refresh and Rewards app, you're going to get a free breakfast on Thornton's. You can get uh, multiple sandwiches. I think they've got some steak options well, as well, which is uh, really fun to start your day. And they're going to throw in the free drink as well. So if you're a new member, download the app. You'll be blown away by all the offers, by all the savings, and also just how kind of tech-friendly the app is as well. It shows you gas prices around you, which is good to know. And then they're going to throw in a free breakfast to boot. But that once anybody that's had the app for a while knows that that's just uh, that's just one of the many perks you'll get. So they want to start you off on the right foot, but just know there's always discounts, there's always deals, there's always way ways to save money as uh, everybody could afford to save some money in the current state of this economy. So go ahead and download it and get a free breakfast on the house and text on into the Thornton's text line was really disappointed in myself because I hit the snooze button today. was going to stop at Thornton's and <sighs> ran out of time. That's why I get scoots. It's not that we don't have time, scoots. We're just not making enough time, and I should have made time for Thornton's. That's correct. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I switched my phrase to. Just don't want to make time. <laughs> More accurate. Yes. Because Lord knows you got plenty of it. Mm, I don't know that I do. Mm. A lot of time, scoots. What does Scoots got on the menu today? Yeah. I've uh, got to produce for the Hoosier Report and Spears. And then I told work that I was not coming in because I needed a catch-up day. I've got to get an oil change. I've got to catch up on some laundry. i got to get new work shoes. i got a, I got a lot to do today. Ooh. I, th- those days, oh, they suck, but they're also rewarding. It, it gets hard to sprinkle in just one like right now I'm in the like, all right, I just got to do this one thing, but like I've had this bill to a dentist office sitting on my stupid table, my desk for like three weeks. And I just keep forgetting, but that's like, if I just had a, all right, I need to, I need a catch up day. I need like to knock out three or four things, like get new windshield wipers. I would do it, but just doing one at a time that scoots out. I like your strategy right here. I really, yeah. Do. Catch, catch up days are clutch. What what would you say to your work if work said, well, what were you doing? Like your days off, those are your catch up days. Correct. Uh, I mean, I don't really, I haven't had a day off in over a week. So at the hotel? Correct. Well, I guess I had Friday off, but I had to drive to Indy for that game. You guess you had Friday off. Yeah. But I had, I mean, I had like a three hour window to do stuff. What are you so you what all do you have to do for your catch up day? I mean, do you want to hear the whole list? I got it on a picture. Yeah, I do. All right. So I gotta go get work shoes. I gotta go to the bank. I gotta visit Riverlink. I've gotta get an oil change, catch up on some laundry, rake the rest of my leaves in the yard. 
and pay my Duke bill, pay my Chase credit card bill, and do the shows. How do you? All right, here's here's a question. You're a lot of this does, re- a lot of this sounds like computer and phone things. Yeah, yeah like, but if I don't write it down, I'll forget it. But okay, my my question though, you got to visit Riverlink, like you don't. Wh- uh, well, I have to. I have some things going on with my account that I have to okay. take care of. Okay, okay. Really I was say, usually that just it just like you run low on money, boom, it it, it automatically throws twenty more bucks in. Or right. Yeah, my account somehow got messed up along the way. I got to go in and get it fixed. Riverlink is the worst company in Agreed. America. Agreed. I, I, I can't imagine there's a worse company. Both ran customer service. The, the whole to-do, it, it's all just an absolute joke. If any politician in the area actually cared about us, they'd just review, they, they'd audit Riverlink because it is a total and complete scam. I also have just come off having issues with them. Um, they're just the worst, and they have no organization. They keep, like, no records of anything. Uh, you, you ask them, like, well, where, where did this money go? What did that go towards? They have no idea. They're, they're a... There is not a worse company on the planet than Riverlink. And I think it's actually just total horse hockey that they, like, nobody asked for toll bridges. Nobody said, all right, you know what, we'll take new bridges if it means we have to pay the toll. Nobody agreed to that. I don't remember the vote where they said, hey, do you all want a new access to downtown uh, Indiana or just 65, but you're going to have to pay for it? That, That wasn't asked of us. It's a total and complete scam. And uh, and it'd be better if it was actually like a competent company running the thing, but it's the worst in America. Let um, me uh, let me tick you off a little more. A couple months ago, they actually talked about getting rid of the tolls. Kentucky said yes. Indiana was like, nah, we want to keep them. So it's Indiana's fault now that we have tolls. Yeah, you've told me that before. I haven't seen that anywhere else, but I'll take your word for it. And uh, not surprising, Indiana's well, just a bunch of goobers. In, uh, for those who aren't in the area, they control the the how you pay for your tolls on the two bridges from Louisville to Southern Indiana. Um, it, yeah, and it's also a timing thing too because they wouldn't have had toll bridges if they just waited for the infrastructure bill. Like now, now you aren't going to rely on a federal infrastructure bill to get that done. Whenever they passed this, like fifteen years ago or however long ago it was, I, I forget. But uh, that that that's where they they tried to get the tolls taken away, TJ, because Cincinnati is getting their bridge fixed with federal money instead of toll money. They were going to have to use toll money, but the the Biden infrastructure bill is going to pay for it instead. So people were mad. They're like, wait, we're paying tolls and they're getting away with this? Suck it, Cincinnati. No, I mean, good for Cincinnati. Sounds like sm- a smart move. But, uh, like, the, the tolls don't help anybody. Like, they, you know, people that can't afford it, they, you know, their whole day is going to be disrupted to the point they're going to have to go to Second Street and deal with all that. The people that can't afford it, it's just like, you know, it's a unnecessary expense. It's an obnoxious expense. And then even for like businesses that either have trucking or vans or whatever it may be, it's a that, that's just hurting their bottom dollar where maybe okay. they can't hire as many people or, you know, it, it's, it's just it's bad for business. It's bad all around to have those toll bridges and debatably unconstitutional. I have rights wow. to move between states, freedom of transportation. Now you may say, well, you have the freedom to take your butt to the second street bridge. No, I'm not being pushed to some sort of bridge. I'll go on whatever 
damn bridge up, please. And if it means that's I right. pay, if it means I got to pay a little money for it, I, I don't like that. I don't think that's right. However, especially when it goes to a company that I'm just convinced is just scamming everybody, just lying and taking more money than they need to. The 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 ones that I feel I do like if you are a a bigger vehicle, that's where I feel bad because for like for me, it's what two dollars and twenty cents each way, and if you're, you're not if going you using it. If you don't Very have often. a four dollars, if you don't have an account, right, right. But if you get an account, two bucks every now and then, it, it it's not too much of a pain. But if it's like your job is delivering stuff and you're going to and from often, that would that would suck. I would say even if you just lived in Louisville and worked in Southern Indiana or vice versa, even if you're paying the two bucks and you're making something, you know, like fourteen, fifteen dollars an hour. Every day, you know that five dollars of your hard-earned work goes to stupid bridges. It's Sucks. annoying. That, that's it just, is. It's unnecessary. For Penny Pincher Roush defending the toll bridges is not something I expected on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm, I'm, A Riverlink rant on Tuesday is not what I expected. I, I, I also, though, it just uh, the extra five minutes to go Second Street isn't that bad. Now I'm also it's not going extra five minutes. That's just not true. No, it, it, I mean, if I if I'm get to sixty, if I get to the exit by before ten uh, six fifty, then I'm good. Uh, after six fifty, I'm bad. You, um, you you are more. I'll I'll defer to you in the mornings. But I've driven when sometimes I have appraisals downtown. I'll take Second Street, and I almost seems like I've got like a forty percent success rate of backed up traffic on the bridge at. You and, know, and that's what you expected. If you drive like the busy rush hour times, though, that's the when you get in trouble. But like, if I'm going to go over to place a bet uh, in the middle of the day or like a Saturday afternoon, you're you're not going to run into it. But if you did, if you live in Southern Indiana and you work in downtown Louisville, like you're kind of screwed because that does get all backed up. And they've been doing a lot of construction by the Yum Center to put like bricks in the street. I don't know what the hell they're doing down there, but it's it's a pain in the ass. Oh, man. Yeah, that Riverlink rant has been building up, although probably too busy of a day to, <laughs> to deliver it uh, on, on such a big day. So a lot to get to. Maybe this would be a good time to reset. We'll take our first break. We'll come back. I think we'll start with just some fun DJ Wagner. Yeah. And then we'll get it into not as fun Mark Stoops. Then we'll get text line, UK, Michigan State talk, and then that's gonna be that's going to be the show for today. So – do not go anywhere. We'll come back, and we're going to probably be slightly obnoxious. DJ Wagner commits to Kentucky. This is Kentucky Roll Call. And what you gonna do? Kentucky Roll Call. Walker and Roush. Run wild on you. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Maybe you heard it during the break. Maybe you didn't. But keep Salsaritas in mind for your catering options this holiday season. I know a lot of places and friends groups are doing Friendsgiving. Uh, If you're not involved in a Friendsgiving, 
some people would consider you the lucky one. So don't 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 feel bad. But if you are, Roush, our friend groups right now, our age group seems like everybody's having babies. We're in the baby mm-hmm. stage of our yep. life. And maybe, you know, maybe it's easier for a new family just for the friends giving this year. Hey, don't worry about bringing a dip. We're just going to do salsaritas. Food's going to be waiting for you there. Love salsaritas. Could make a whole family get together, friends get together. So much less hectic. And during the holiday season, don't you want to take the stress out of any situation that you can? Salsaritas will bring the food right to your door. You can order it right from your phone. Don't have to talk to anybody. Get catering. No parties too big for Salsaritas if you're doing a work event. And you got a small office. They can treat 10, 15, I think they say even five people. At that point, maybe everybody just orders their own lunch. But their their Salsaritas catering is so good, so easy, so convenient. Check them out today. Download the app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money. And then if you are thinking about lunch or dinner, two locations in Louisville. Middletown has a drive-thru out there on Shelbyville Road. And then St. Matthew's. No drive-thru there, but you're going to want to check out their interior. Made-to-order food. It's why it's called the Fresh Mexican Grill at Salsaritas. Man, just getting like a big bunch of queso to bring to a Friendsgiving. Imagine pouring that on some turkey. Whew. Sounds awesome. I totally would love a Salsaritas catered Friendsgiving or Thanksgiving, but I think the lone Friendsgiving we're going to this year, the guy smokes turkey, and it's just mm. no. He 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 puts it. He does something to it, and then he fries it. That's what it is. Fry, ah. and it's the only place I ever get fried turkey, and so it's obviously my favorite. Oh man, pretty great, pretty great. More places. I'm really looking forward to fried turkey. Eating season, eating season in general. Like we're, we're going to be just finishing up the Halloween candy right in time for Thanksgiving. I I am advancing from preseason eating season to the regular season. I think maybe is debatably already started for me. I right? think the regular season has started. Yeah, yeah. If Halloween uh, is the preseason, we knocked it out of the park. One of our best exhibition seasons of all time. The Baltimore Ravens, basically. And uh, yeah, I think it's probably week one. Heck. Feeling the gut, maybe even week two, maybe even week two, but we'll only load up as it uh, as we get closer to Turkey Day, and then kind of, of course the holidays, and nobody works, and you just eat because you're bored. Kind of like John Calipari loading up, just loading up with the best basketball players that have ever played basketball. Uh, man, I just is Kentucky ever going to lose another game ever again? Probably not. Basketball. Sometimes you do get this yin and yang. Sometimes you get a double dose of suckage. Sometimes you're on cloud nine. It seems like we all we experience all of them throughout the calendar year more times than not. But thank goodness for UK basketball right now. Like, and this isn't like a football versus basketball dorky debate, although I am talking football and basketball. But for the UK fans that aren't total and complete dorks and they like both teams. That Vandy loss has only more mold has grown on it, and we knew it was completely disgusting when it happened. But it's only getting grosser the more that I've thought about it. I don't know about you all. Uh, I would love to just be able to block it out of my head. However, I can't. It's just horrible. I mean, it's such, like you couldn't think of a worse loss when you're looking at the schedule this year than probably, honestly, that Vanderbilt loss. Just uh, the worst team in the SEC. So, so terrible. But it happens, and you, you not that not that the basketball team hasn't had their fair share of really bad, head scratching, embarrassing losses. But it's just nice at a time, Roush, that like, ooh, is this the end of the football season? Is this the end of this era of UK football? 
which is maybe a little bit doom and gloom, but we'll talk a little bit more about that as the show goes on. But it's, it's an easy time to be down in the dumps as a Kentucky football fan, and it's just nice the other side is basically just gloating at this point. The shirt John Calipari wore yesterday was hilarious. And just putting together that class in 2022 where other places and nil is a factor and money is a factor. And what do you do? You go get debatably two of the best three guards in the class. Uh, you get the best wing player in the class. You get the best big in the class. And then you get the the hometown local legacy recruit that everybody was dying to be able to root for. And he almost is like starting to look like a John Hood with the Eric Bledsoe, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Daniel Orton group, except He's awesome. Like, you know, he'd be the best player. And it's like 98% of other classes, 90% of other classes, somewhere around there out of that number I'm pulling out of my butt. So uh, if, you know, we all want football to be better, we don't think this is probably the week for a get right game, but I think a lot of people would really love to see a win over Louisville and that'd make everybody feel a little bit more warm and fuzzy inside. But at least in the meantime, the basketball team on the court has looked good, has been fun to watch, has been a fun team. Like the the style of play has been good for the eyeballs. And then off the court, it has been as dominant as the recruiting class as John Calipari has ever put in. And now he's in year like 13 or 14 of putting together recruiting classes. So that's saying something at this juncture. Man, it. it... I've loved the the comp too because it's kind of similar when Derek Willis was in that class with uh, it wasn't Willie and all them, but it was like Randall, the twins, Marcus Lee, James Young. Uh, But you're right, Reed's awesome too. Like this is man, just so good, so good, so talented, so awesome. And the the thing that I I think guys like like Jack Pilgrim really have to enjoy because you when you cover recruiting you like well what would Kentucky's dream class look like this is best case scenario and this is all on the heels of years of people like Plumley bro being like well Duke's beating us out for recruits Duke's beating us out for recruits and you, we finally had to get to that point where it's like well there's been a five-year run where it hasn't been quite the same Cal went he got uh, Antigua and Chin and they in, re-injected some juice back into the recruiting efforts you had a great season last season that soured by injuries at the end you brought a lot of that talent back and you built an awesome recruiting class the the future stonks are soaring right now for the kentucky basketball program tj yeah they are it's a good time to be a caps fan and you you go out there and you beat michigan state uh that's only gonna have folks beating the drum even louder heading into the gonzaga game on Sunday, uh, which is another just if you go two and oh, well, three and oh, this week because they also play on Thursday, people forget that. But so if, if you're on a state, I'll be there. Oh, yeah. hey, covering the game or as a fan, covering the game, yeah. I, you know, gotta get one or two of those in a year. How'd you get roped into that? I thought uh, you were a we, football guy. Jack's taking a little vacation too, so it's like, you know what, I'll go to Rupp. Why not to the Pacific Northwest? That I don't know. He it could be. I don't. I don't know if he's going to the Gonzaga game or not. That'd be a fun one. I mean, it'd be. That would I know be he's cool taking some days there. off, so it would make sense to just be like, "All right, let's plan a few days off around going to Spokane." So that's probably what he's doing. Which yeah, that makes, sounds makes sense. Would would it be like I I, I know 
geography not great here. We just think of Pacific Northwest as rainy. Wouldn't it be kind of pretty for fall? Or they're they're probably already in snow season, right? Oh yeah, fall's gone. Kiss it goodbye. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a buddy who lives in Oregon, and she says that, like a small town in Oregon, and she loves her hometown, or at least I think she does, but says that it's hard getting there, like just planes oh, and stuff like, like that. I wonder if yeah. that's the case with Spokane or if that's a big enough city where it's not as big as an issue. I bet you could fly into it, but I also don't think it's – it strikes me as like uh, not like Lexington Airport size, but that a little bit bigger than that would be my guess. Yeah, I think that's probably a good. I think that's probably a good comparison. Basketball rocking and rolling though, and the recruiting class. It seems like it's going to be back to back really fun years. John Calipari wore the shirt with all the commits' names on it. Uh, he's feeling pretty pretty good. Obviously, he doesn't do that. If uh, if he's not, and probably means they're most likely done with freshmen. I don't know who else they would even consider at this point. Uh, you'd have to see how the roster sh- shakes out to know if they're going to maybe add a transfer to the fold. But it's already a lot of bodies, even assuming the people that are going to be back. Like your Ugonas, you know? Yeah, you're going to have Ugona back. You guards, you're going to pretty much have to reload on but you'll have a dude the arrow who we're all excited about and now you know you can't beat out case and wallace severe wheeler antonio reeves are you going to be able to beat out dj wagner rob dillingham cj frederick uh, who i think most people are assume it's going to be a lot of bodies but we have so much time to worry about that uh besides just like a mile high view second time i think i've used that phrase we probably not worth spending a lot of time on just because months before we even have an idea of the available players or who decides to go who decides to leave um, pro or transfer so we got a lot of time to worry about that stuff but uh, really really good recruiting class i had a blast on the old tweeter yesterday just making fun of some of the uvl fans oh man you know what was cute about all of it too is like while we're making fun of Louisville fans, like Louisville basketball coaches, like fighting with some dude with 40 followers on Twitter over losses. This you is talking like, about no win Smith? <laughs> you get it? Um, I also, big shout out to the guy who, uh, I, I think it's rare rookies on Twitter, who had the picture of Cal in his t-shirt and then had Kenny Payne in his Winmore Ryan and Bellarmine and Wright State shirt. Yeah, really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Especially because it is just, I mean, up until Wright State, you're just like that. I mean, those are names. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't really know what they did, but they're people. No, and the only reason that I think you saw the reaction is because, like, when the U of L fans started to smell the tide turning back in some, you, you saw some of it in March. Um, when you know Kenny Payne was hired and UK had lost to St. Peter's, and then you saw it again, you saw like a real push again in July. Uh, that was when it seemed like you know people were still saying, and then later July, when you got a little closer to Peach Jam, that's when it started to kind of go the other way, where people were saying, then maybe let's pump the brakes on the U of L stuff. But anytime that it seemed like U of L had the perceived momentum in this recruitment, they were unbelievably obnoxious like over the top obnoxious for a fan base that has never won a recruitment 
over John Calipari, a meaningful recruitment. I had one UofL fan say, Shane Bahannon. And while technically, uh, Kentucky did want Shane Bahannon, but it was between him and Kyle Wilcher. And Wilcher, without visiting UK, committed. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he was like, there's one spot available. I'm going to go ahead and take that. So he jumped in front of Shane. Uh, I think if Kentucky put the full court press on Bahannon, they would have gotten him. Bahannon, probably a better college basketball than Wilt, basketball player than Wilcher, although certainly debatable. I think you, I, the people debating Wilcher would have a really, really good case. Uh, he got a national, well, Shane Bahannon did too, although depending on who you ask, I suppose. Uh, but certainly if you're talking about locker room presence, seemed like Bahannon had some I just like to get into the devil's lettuce, it appeared. And nothing, Wilcher, um, nothing too, like, he, he once told me he didn't know where Kentucky was on a map when he committed. So, yeah. yeah. yeah he was just wanted to be a Wildcat. But, they, but like, you'd never beaten out this guy for a meaningful recruit. And then you have a, a couple of national people that say they feel good about things. And they, they I mean, they would have, you would have thought they were shooting off fireworks, how excited they were. They were over-the-top excited. They let Kentucky fans know it. They were saying how it's a change and blah, blah, blah. They couldn't even wait for the dude to actually commit to start gloating. So, in classic fashion, when it's UK, UofL basketball going up for a recruit in the John Calipari era, it, unsurprisingly, to anybody that's paid attention over the last decade plus, goes UK's way. And, yeah, we're going to have some fun with that. Just, that's... You bet, you bet your buns we're going to have some fun with that. So that was a lot oh, of the man. tweeter yesterday. And I just love, so. too, that when they got caught up in all of this, it was all over crystal balls. And crystal ball, like all of those predictions, you can change them back, too. <laughs> I think they thought that once that they changed it once, it was just set in stone and it was locked. It's like, well, DJ's not announcing for a while, so I'm not really sure what – uh, yeah, is does he love Graham Pop Pop that much? Like, you don't know. Like, I'm I personally have never heard DJ Wagner speak. Uh, he just didn't do many interviews. And really, what this comes down to is read between the lines. Louisville coaches they just wanted some buzz, so they were telling folks like, "Yeah, we're feeling pretty good about it. We're feeling pretty good about it." And all of the 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 media kind of the ran with it, right? Uh, I, I don't want to say all of it because there were a few holdouts. Um, but then when the actual recruiting started taking place, DJ goes and plays uh, in the FIBA World Cup overseas. I want to say that was in Spain. And you had Cal go, and then Nolan Smith went. And pretty much everybody that came back was like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't have all said that he was going to Louisville. And they were slow to kind of backpedal. But that was when I think everybody realized, like, what were we thinking? This dude was always going to go to UK. It was never in doubt. And I'm I'm just, I'm not sorry for all you Louisville fans that thought you had a chance. Because it's hilarious that you did. Cal's been recruiting this kid since he was born, basically. Like, it, it, you never had a shot. Yeah, and I get it. Grandpa's grandpa. Pop, pop is pop, pop. But, like, when DJ Wagner was born, Cal Perry wasn't in the delivery room, but I would imagine shortly before and probably shortly after he was on the phone with DJ's dad. Like that this is this was this has been going on for a long time. This has been not that they knew when he was born that he was gonna be a star basketball player, but like that that relationship and that bond is incredibly deep. And then the pieces once it was figured out that DJ was a good basketball player. 
the pieces have been lined up for him to go to UK before these UL fans even had an idea who DJ Wagner was. Uh, the Lance Ware recruitment, Kareem Watkins recruitment, getting those people on board, pretty much every every little dot that they had to dot and every T that needed to be crossed just to make sure Wagner was going to go to UK. You get a Nike nil deal. Like this this was this was going to this was going to happen. It was never going to be U of L. He was always going to go to UK. I do think when Payne com- committed took the job at U of L. I do think he, I think DJ was like, Hey, I'll give you a fair shake. Sure. I'll hear you out. Like if it gives you good press, I'll, I'll say that you're my final two. You're my final three, but he never even visited U of L. Like he never even went and, and checked him out in an official right. capacity. This guy has been locked up for, for a long time. And uh, I think this class has been in the works for a while as well. And credit to the coaching staff. This was, uh, I mean, it is, it is just a, an un, unreal class that Ooh. you want you, you do worry a little bit about like will they be too young to start the year but again we don't know what the roster is going to look like and secondly we we trust Calipari with star freshmen more than any other coach in the country and now that he has a perfect success rate with it it's uh it's really good though uh did Jeff Goodman say that there's too many good players on the team he yeah he had like he kind of rephrased it a little bit not to sound so completely dorky. Still very interested to see how he and Rob Dillingham play alongside one another in Lexington. Two ball dominant guards should be fascinating. Yeah, now it's now it, it was like I don't think it's going to work. Now it's going to be fascinating. Well, the Champions Classic is tonight, so he's got to pander to some people to get them to listen to his content. Ooh, I wonder what the field of 68's got for us today. Thing is, they usually go live at like 11, but the game is... It's going to be going on until midnight, the second one at least. Was surprised Duke was favored over Kansas. I guess no Bill Self, no toupee. Ooh, can't wait to see the how ESPN hammers Bill Self for being a cheater uh, leading into the broadcast. Really looking forward to how they come down on that cheating cheater Bill Self. Yeah, I'm sure they'll happen. have plenty on it. That's not going to happen. But I guess the big thing will be like. Champions Classic last year. You had K and Self. This year, they're not there. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, I can't wait to watch Izzo coach him up tonight. But there's going to be so many timeouts. That <laughs> Michigan or that Duke Kansas game is not starting until like 9:45. Izzo <laughs> will not let a timeout go unused. I can promise you that. Have you ever thought about what uh, life would have been like if Izzo didn't? Upset. Uh, was it Louisville to go to the Final Four? Yeah, I think it was a Louisville. Uh, when when Mitch was uh, uh, Mitch was potentially like like what if Mitch hires Izzo instead of Cal? Yeah, I I I remember those conversations back when Izzo's name was being floated around. I wasn't like over the moon about it. I would have been cool with it, like, but it, it seemed very Tubby Smith to me where it's like this is a good coach he's gonna get in good players but like sometimes his own stubbornness is gonna cost him he's really kind of stuck in his own ways it'll probably be good but will it be great and honestly looking at michigan state like they've been to some final fours but Izzo's only got his one championship and that's now two decades old so i'm and yeah i'm happy that they did not get him Here's the thing, too, is Izzo feels very much like a Mitch, more like a Mitch Barnhart guy than John Calipari does, right? 
Like, oh just, yeah, for sure. I mean, they that all shucks kind of, and it's not even all shucks, but just the good old boy back slapping that Izzo has. And I, I'm I'm so happy you brought up Tubby Smith because Izzo really does feel like to me just a little bit better Tubby Smith. Mm-hmm. I agree um, because, and really, it all comes down to Tubby went to Elite Eights, Izzo went to Final Fours. Uh, because Izzo's best teams, I think, have always been when he doesn't have the superior talent. Like his most talented team was probably that Denzel Valentine team that lost to Middle Tennessee, right? right. I mean, mm, debatable, I mean, but yeah, it's in the hot. But that, that, that was one of his top three, and they lost early. Whereas, like uh, some of his Final Four teams were, you know, I don't think they were seven seeds, but they they were they were kind of teams that you would sleep on going into the tournament, and then they scrap around, they play good defense. And then they end up in the final four. So, uh, once again, like tell me, you're six foot nine center who's good at rebounding and plays physical in the post. So like that's like it, they're going to look like your Michigan State team that you expect them to look like. It's just like insert different names for similar style players. Yeah, uh, we'll talk more about that game. Cats, Michigan State, Indy which is the place where it all came crashing down last March. TJ buys second-round tickets to watch UK Murray State, buys extra tickets for family, very excited about a fun Saturday in Indianapolis. Then the St. Peter's games happen, and Kentucky hasn't played a big-time college basketball game since then. Uh, no, No offense to some of the cupcakes to get the season started, but Kentucky's first big lights are back on are in the exact same building where it all came crashing down. Oscar talked about that a little bit. You know it's going to be, you know, Wheeler is going to be thinking about that as well. Um, not something I really had thought about till a couple days ago. But, yeah, so you can exercise some demons, get this season really off on the right foot, go ahead, beat Michigan State, get that bad juju for March out of, the, out of mm-hmm. here and, and, and go ahead and move on. Um, kind of nice that like do we do we like that it's back at the scene of the crime? Scene of the crime, scene of the crime. What's the name of that show on? Uh, crime scene, scene of the crime. Yeah. Crime scene, scene of the crime. Yeah, yeah. No, I think this is going to be therapeutic. Uh, I mean, I hope so. Or if UK loses, then you know, we Cal's just never, never never going back to Indy again. Forget right, about the just... IU neutral site series in Indy. It's done. It's dead. <laughs> There's been uh, there haven't been a lot of good memories in Indy since Aaron Harrison started making shots. Um, well, that was at Lucas Oil. Okay, but yeah, but the following year was Indy, and that was House of Horrors as well. That was Lucas Oil as well. That's yeah. the thing is like Kentucky's had some nice moments in both arenas up there, or the football stadium or the basketball arena, because the Kansas champions beat down. That was obviously in the basketball arena. They they've won a lot of games in that arena. Uh, but the St. Peter's one's going to stand out more than any. You're right about Lucas Oil, but unfortunately, maybe the 2015 perfect season coming to an end is going to stick out more than any. But um, I wasn't at that one. I was at the fun Aaron Harrison games, though. So that's the memory I have. And as U of L fans will be quick to remind you, Roush, you can't steal my memories. <laughs> you can't take the banner away. We don't care about the banner, but also please put back up the banner. 
502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We're going to get to that. It's just an easier spot to, to do it, and we'll, we'll get into plenty of football talk, I promise. After we lost to Mississippi State – or Mississippi State – after we lost to Southern Miss in 2016, I didn't know where the football program and Stoops were going to go from there. I feel the same way now. I didn't think Stoops was going to survive that loss, but he did. Hope changes are coming, and he does whatever it takes to hold on to our young talent. Any chance we keep all these young guys? Certainly doesn't sound like they're going to keep all their young guys, unfortunately. Yeah, he um, he said that yesterday. He said it directly. Um, I don't have the quote pulled up, but we used to, you know, he said essentially in the transfer portal, it's been mutual about 100% of the time where, like, both parties leave and they're, like, both satisfied. Um, that's probably not going to be the case anymore. However, like, the... I think if it's people that they're going to leave, they don't want to leave. It's it's. I don't think it's the big names that you expect because, I mean, when they rolled out the athlete advantage thing yesterday, the new Nil Collective, they were using Deion Walker and Barryon Brown. So, I think for the most part, the big guys are going to be taken care of, but maybe some in the middle of the pack might not. Like if if I'm if I'm worried about the the worst optics that could happen is. Isaiah Cummings going from significant tributor, contributor to a 10-win SEC team to like Louisville starting tight end, which I'm not, I haven't heard anything. That just makes a lot of sense, though. So, you know, that, that could be something to keep an eye on. All right, Roush, kind of telling you that that, that may, uh, some, something may be cooking there. It just makes sense. But, uh, but Stoops' overall point when talking about nil and the transfer portal, he's like, listen, there's a positives to free agency. And he was just like, that's what it is. It's free agency. You got salary caps, you know, you got all this, but um, so like we can fix some problems. Like there's a reason why we were behind in the offensive line room. We can address those, but also like your, your guys like Jamin Davis, the guys that kind of, we built our program on, you know, just keep shopping away. And then when your time comes, be a star. Like we don't, we, we like our guys. We don't know when they're going to be ready, but they'll be ready. Some of them might leave before their their time comes, and so that that's it's going to have some long term consequences. But Stoops is at least embracing the change, and uh, now the the nil stuff is in place to be able to to get things done and keep up with the Joneses. We talked about it yesterday, and it had already leaked. Obviously, what what do you make of the nil collectives? Fine, like, yeah, like it's it's what it needs to be. Um, the way I look at it is, it's more of you you are you played catch up to the rest of the league. I don't know how quickly you're going to be able to raise funds, but this is much more efficient way of doing it than by exclusively doing businesses and stuff like that. So this was a good way to play catch up. I know some people that are uh, going to their friends and saying, "Hey, do you all want to pony up for like the fifty dollar a month one? You know, group of five." 50 times 12, you know, it, it ends up, let's just do a group of six. Um, you end up paying. Sorry, cut off there for a second. Uh, you have a group, you have a group of people paying. You split the costs amongst everybody. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. If it was the 50 a month for five people, that's not, it's $120 a year. That's not, too, that's not a ton. Not, not bad. I've seen some people doing that. Um, I do have like an overall issue just with the whole like like are we really going to I get it I guess we have to but like you're just the common fans are gonna have to be the ones to help this out again 
and I get it. It'll probably end up just being more of like the huge companies that are really footing the bills, but everybody kind of chipping in a little bit certainly will or can help. But they're going to like, it's eventually going to happen, but there goes Scooter. It's eventually going to happen, but I hope it happens sooner rather than later. That like they need to do it with season ticket packages, and it's kind of what they've got going on with the K fund right now. And I get it, like you've got some rules with what you do with the schools and what you don't do with the schools, but it's just it's not overly realistic to like ask fans to buy four season tickets so you can take your family, buy the parking pass, and then on top of that, you think we could get you for fifty dollars a month for the recruits? It, just, it 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 does get to a point where it just is a little bit too much. Uh, it needs to be consolidated. It needs to be where it's like, Hey, your season tickets are X amount, but if you throw in an extra hundred dollars on top of that, it, that hundred dollars specifically is going to recruiting or they, they just, it needs to be consolidated. Um, I think the perks are okay, Roush, but like, I think we all know how those perks are going to go. They may start off a little ambitious at the start, like with the meet and greets and stuff like that. But then in seven months, I bet you're going to have people that are in certain tiers that are like, yeah, I haven't heard back from anybody in weeks about this, that, or the other. I hope I'm wrong about that, but it, it kind of, it, I like, I get that you need to do this. And I'm glad they put something together. I hope it's, I hope it meets the expectations of the people that are going to pony it up. And I hope UK just realizes, you know, I hope all, in every fan, every program needs to do it. U of L, IU, all of them. I just hope they realize how much they're asking of their fans. Keep concession prices low. Like, don't nickel and dime your fans anymore. If fans are now going to be a big part of the nil army, no more nickel and diming them. You got, like, the, the fan has to have the total control over their game. Mitch Barnhart, you got to serve alcohol. Like this is ridiculous. You can't ask fans to do more and then not even throw them a bone, a boot yeah. at the game. Given so you got to do everything you can to accommodate the fans if you're going to ask them to do this. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, but I do think the the kind of crowdsourcing. I mean, that's where the term collective comes from, right? You're getting the collective together to do this is the general way to go about it. But you're right. You do have to throw them a bone a little bit. Because it, it's going to change somewhere. And really, I, I think it would be more beneficial to give to the collective than to buy season tickets. Um, you know, you can buy your single games and be just fine. Um, but I like that. That's just where my thoughts are. But I've also never been a season ticket holder. I've, you know, I, I've never had to go through all that process. And, and also the convenience of parking. Like, I don't think you can get a parking pass unless you're a season ticket holder or else it's mm-hmm. really pain in the butt. So, like. You know, I, 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 I don't know from personal experience, but I bet if you ask Mark Stoops, he would prefer you donate to the collective than to the K five. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I would think that would probably be universal, and they're gonna have to figure out a way that you can try to make everything work. Everybody's happy. Recruit it. You can still get the best players in, but also you still want Kroger Field to be as crowded as you can. Uh, the best way to do that, though, not losing to Vanderbilt. Hour one is done. Hour two coming up next. We're we're going to talk more basketball. We're going to talk more football. We're going to talk the Thornton's text line and everything that you all have for us today. And then it's Champions Classic Night. The Cats versus the Spartans Mm -hmm. versus Kansas. And we got a hot take from Bustin' Justin Kalen when we return on Kentucky Roll Call. Can't wait. (laughs) 
Teach me back Kentucky. Teach me, teach me back Kentucky. Teach me back Kentucky. Teach me, teach me back Kentucky. All our players dunking. All our, all our players dunking. All our players dunking. You ain't messing with Kentucky. Teach me back Kentucky. Teach me, teach me back Kentucky. Teach me back Kentucky. Teach me, teach me back Kentucky. All our players dunking. All our, all our players dunking. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back, hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. Roll Call. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen here on your Tuesday morning. Text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. And we love Thornton's You Will as well. We love the Thornton's text line, and we love hearing from you on there. Uh, we are going to get back into it. I don't know exactly where we left off. But any other things stand out to you from Mark Stoops chatting yesterday, Roush? He kept saying that his his head's not in the sand, which I think was his way of telling us, like, I know you all are saying Rich stinks, but I'm also not going to just get rid of him. He kept repeating, I'm not going to make knee-jerk reactions, but my head's not in the sand. Like I get it. I know how bad it is, but I'm also not going to sit up here in this podium and say I'm going to fire him. Like We're going to wait till after the season to do this sort of stuff. Um, let the cake bake a little bit, if you will. So, yeah. yeah so that's, the cake um, has baked. Mm-hmm. Not sure. I mean, besides maybe the frosting or the icing, I'm not sure what else is left to do to this cake. It's yeah. not a good one. It's not delicious. I was thinking yesterday, Roush, it wasn't long ago where I was like, Kentucky needs to be competitive in one of these Tennessee and Georgia games. And I thought that they would be. Like, I, you know, it was a legitimate thought that I had. What the hell has happened over the last few weeks? It's so bad. It's It's horrible. And then I think back to like, you know, this is a little more apples and oranges, but thinking back to last year and Kentucky just quite literally did whatever they wanted against U of L's defense. And that game is now under two weeks away, obviously, or, you know, just over 10 days, I think. And you worry about, yeah, you know, we've got, it's a foregone conclusion. We don't expect Kentucky to probably score over 14 points against Georgia this weekend, but you look at that Louisville game and you're like, what happened to that offense that against U of L last year just looked unstoppable? And this year, we don't trust Will Levis to really do anything. And again, we know the offensive line is better. I'm of the belief that the skill position players are better. But I, I, I think there's got to be more going on there where, like, yes, they're probably better pass catchers, but maybe in other areas they're just young and they're not doing some of the right things. And maybe a guy like Josh Ali and his experience went a longer way with like some of the blocking assignments and some of the other stuff. I don't know that those are for bigger football brains than me, but I just, I can't quite grasp what the hell has happened. Roush. That's no, all. That's all. Yeah. Which is, which is totally fair. Um, it's bad. It's really, really bad offense. Uh, Luckett had the yards per play ranking over Stoops' 10 years. Three times it's been in the top 50, and one of those times it was the Lynn Bowden offense, um, which is pretty telling. Uh, the best it's been was last year in 2021. And, you know, you had an NFL offensive coordinator. You had a 
generational talent at wide receiver. You had an all-time great at running back, and you had a pro, future pro quarterback. Oh, and a, a multiple-time consensus All-American at offensive tackle, and a future NFL center. So you did have a lot of things going for your offense last year, and even though you lost some of that, you would expect you would expect it not to be as bad. It just it it shouldn't be this bad. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like you're right about all that, but you could all like going back to what the the fact that like you of all fans were so quick to take DJ Wagner and be like, but football, which is always super embarrassing thing to do, but the Keith Pointer guy that gets into your mentions, Roush, and mm-hmm. then of course that brought out the locks in the world. Thinking UK football would be good this year was not a wild stretch of the imagination. It wasn't a leap. They were borderline. I mean, they should have been a top 25 team to start the year. I think they, they were. were. They were they? Okay. They were a preseason top 25 team. Yeah. You know, like. they were a preseason top 25 team. Um, it was easy. You're returning a, a quarterback that people thought was going or is going to be a first rounder, still probably will be a first rounder. You're returning what was considered to be the first or the second best running back in the SEC. Uh, the recruits that you brought in were really exciting, although admittedly in college football, young players, that's a little bit different. It was easy to see why people were high on UK. The idea that UofL all of a sudden would beat out John Calipari for a coveted five-star recruit, that was ludicrous. They're, those are not comparable situations there. Um, that being said, I did say in the offseason, like, Roush, is there a scenario where we look back and we say, like, well, they replaced the entire offensive line almost. They had a new offensive coordinator. We shouldn't have expected it to go smoothly or look really great. Because that's certainly been the case. Now, that being said, though, like, we've had moments where you thought that that wasn't going to be an issue. You, right, you thought right. that the offense had turned a corner or would be fine. Especially after the Missouri game, when it was an objectively good defense, you didn't turn the ball over, you had – three touchdown scoring drives and I know that it just it ultimately doesn't come down to those three plays but some of that is just executing I mean they hit a 15 16 play drive that ended in zero points <laughs> Stoops is like we're doing them a favor right and yeah. he said they had he had a he met with the offensive staff for hours on Sunday I bet you that was an unpleasant meeting I just oh man to be a fly on that wall <laughs> Man. Uh, Texter on the Thornton's text line along these same lines. Georgia's Georgia. Tennessee has a ton of excitement. Missouri recruits well. Beamer can pull out some weird games. Billy Napier looks a lot better at the end of the year. The SEC isn't as down as it was during, quote-unquote, our run. So many question marks on the offense for the future. I think the peak of this era is gone. We will go back to where we were. No, but the trajectory is going down. That is the toughest part of all of this. It's just... It isn't as easy as it once was. Now, part of that is just because the game is changing, right? Like, you're getting more offensive. You're getting more heavily invested in recruiting. That's in Napier's case, um, where, you know, they're spending God knows how much money on that army of support staffers, right? Like, that teams are adapting and changing, and Stoops had a lot of success doing things the way he's done things. Um, but, you know, he, he at least is... That that was part of why last year felt so special is because we thought we had something that could keep up with the changes in college football. That this pro style offense, it was kind of ahead of the curve, and Kentucky was moving in the right direction. You get an untimely time uh, decision to leave by Liam Cohen, 
and really it was like if you think about who Stoops's options were, it was a bunch of guys like Liam that were unproven, or a guy like Scangarella who had been around for much, much longer and had play calling experience. Like it was kind of a no brainer hire. And it just but it just hasn't he has adapted way too slowly. And Stoops admitted that it, it did take him some time. Uh, not only to adapt to the college game, but there's some things I think in game that they aren't, <clears throat> excuse me, adjusting too quick enough. I think that goes without saying. I had Josh slide into my DMs and he says uh, he wanted to know why Scott Woodward was not given the OC job. Seems like it was a no brainer from a continuity standpoint. Because he was so inexperienced. Um, I don't, I, I, I thought the same thing, but. Before he got to you, which, by the way, just to remind you all, he wasn't even a full-time coach until the guy got a DUI last year, and he just got kind of promoted by default. He was a quality control guy. I think he was also a quality control guy at Pitt before he came and wasn't a full-time coach there. Maybe he was a full-time coach for a year, but he only had maybe three years of just coaching experience in general. The rest was as like a uh, quality control guy on the headset type deal. So to promote that guy to SEC offensive coordinator that quickly would have been it been risky. It'd been very risky. Yeah, but hadn't Scangarello never been a college coach before? No, he spent up until five years ago, he spent most of his career in college. It was just at like UC Davis and other kind of weird places. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you could make a case that coming into the SEC, I mean, like, what experience is considered good? Um, any, any in the football level? Sure, that's better than none. I think it kind of goes through tiers. But I, I had my question marks about it for that exact reason. Just like, where has he gone in college where like the offense has been dominant? Right, that's, but uh, that's what ideally, like you wanted an OC hire. At least that's what I want in an OC hire. Yeah, and that, but that's that's also like you, the, you're setting a pretty high bar because oh, in Kentucky, sure. yeah. you know, like that's just it's hard to. <laughs> usually, I, I if you're think dominant somewhere, I, you become a head coach or you're somewhere a little bit bigger, right? But yeah, uh, and he, I mean, he, he called plays for a year for the Denver Broncos. Like you didn't have anybody, even though it didn't go well. You're like, well, he had Drew Locks as his quarterback, who's the defense coach, like. Things didn't go well there. Like there, there were reasons why this hire made sense. There were. Yeah, I mean that's that's fine. I, I still think you need to set a high bar. You can make a case Liam Cohen was inexperienced when he was hired and it worked out. All that stuff. I don't. I, next offensive coordinator hire they make, whether Stoops ends up cutting ties with Scangarello or not. Ideally, I just I, like my my wish list, and maybe you're saying it's too lofty expectations. Just somebody that's been an offensive coordinator at the college level and had success. So here's here's where you get into a tricky situation, TJ. Brian Hartline, you know him, right? Ohio State uh, yeah. wide receivers coach, arguably the best recruiter in college football. He he, he's not going to stay there forever. You could probably like. Like he's such a coveted assistant coach. If you paid him enough, you might be able to get him at Kentucky to be your offensive coordinator. Here's your chance to call plays, finally. It'd be your first opportunity. But you got to pay him a lot, and even then, it's probably a long shot. Like that, that, that would be a home run hire, and he's never called an offense before, right? Um, you, you deal with other situations where it's like um, the, the guy at NC State, Tim Beck, 
He's just been kind of ho-hum, but he's got Youngstown ties. Uh, Mark Whipple's been fine. He's He was the guy that was at Pitt last year. He's pretty good. He, he They had a dominant offense last year, but the offense is stunk in Nebraska this year. So, like, I, I think my point is it's hard to find the just to check all of the boxes. So you got to find somebody that checks some of them and then hope that it works out. Because the thing with Liam Cohen, too, like, you know, in, in September of last year, we were wondering if this was going to work because, I mean, his resume was really nothing to snuff at either. So um, it's, it's, it's tough to say. It's tough to say it was going to work whenever there's there's really not like the – you don't know it's going to be a home run hire until – Sure, but you're getting, you're getting paid, I mean, millions and millions of dollars. You need to be right about these more than you're wrong. And right now, I don't know if Stoops has been right more than he's been wrong. I mean, it's sure. debatable. It, like and again, we love Stoops. We're not saying that this. I mean, it does fall back on Stoops. We're not. We just want more confidence in the offense. That's the simplistic way to put it. The texter says Gangarello flat out sucks, but Levis is pretty awful as well. Levis seems to be going in the wrong direction. I'm sure injuries are playing a role in that, and if they're not, then they're going to be said that they are. But I, I do believe that he's banged up a little bit, but he's also holding on the ball too long, making bad reads, slowing his progressions. All those things are true. So he's Steve got Morello has not helped Will Levis that much. I think is And I don't know if, I don't know if Will Levis has helped Gangarello that much either. It's probably I bet Gangarello, if he was speaking truthfully, has probably just been like, why are you not throwing to that guy? Like look at him. He's right there. Why are you holding on to the ball so long? And at the end of the day, the offensive line's not helping either one of them, right? We that's something right, that we both right. can agree on. I like this uh, text in the Thornton's text on promising a Picasso turning in the stick figure painting from not another teen movie, which is a great, great callback. Eddie Grand, for however boring his style might have been, does deserve credit for scheming up the plays during the Lynn Bowden years quarterback. Oh, I, that's why I wanted him to have another year. Um, obviously, if that would have happened, you wouldn't have gotten Liam Cohen, although you do want like. Could Liam Cohen have been the next high? Could he have come this year? But he probably would have been promoted to offense. You don't know. You know, it's revisionist history. But uh, yeah, we said that during the Lynn Bowden year with Eddie Grant. That was that was pretty amazing. Yeah, we, we gave him plenty that. credit for that. We did. Yeah, we did. Being able to turn around that season and it with that, awesome. it really was impressive. It was a lot of fun to watch. The things we do for that offensive line, sheesh, release oh, that offensive line with with Will Levis in this group. That would be amazing. What is Will's signature win? Feels like he's been mostly hype as opposed to both Terry Wilson and Steven Johnson doing more for the program. Oh, I don't know. Leaving game-winning drive against a top-five defense in Iowa to win the Citrus Bowl. Um, I don't know. Running LSU off the field. Were they defending national champs, or was that two years removed from the national championship season? Two years removed. Yeah, like playing Colin Baton Rouge on their graves. That was, that was, it was a big win. Getting, beating, going 2-0 and against Florida. Not too shabby. <laughs> Two and zero against Florida. It's crazy. If you're going to get rid of Rich, just let him go today at noon. Make Scott Woodward the interim, and maybe you spark something going into the offseason. If not, what do you lose? But I know that's not Mark Stoops' style. It certainly is not. Nope. No, it's not. Uh, could have been a tricky set where Brad and bridesmaids dresses trying ones were included in that tally. Oh, that was a nice callback yesterday from forty-seven dresses tied on. Tried on. Yeah, I mean, but. Still a lot of dresses. That's a ton of dresses. Even if you do include that number, which is, I don't know why you'd include how many dresses the bridesmaids try on, but were, were the bridesmaids dresses pretty, Roush? They were nice. What color? Uh, it was like a dark green. 
I like oh. the the new trend where they don't all have to be the same style, just the same color. Well, some, uh, and I've seen some that are different colors, but the same style. Oh. Yeah, getting wild. 2022, mm-hmm. you do what you want at your wedding. I mean, you, you got to think, though, guys, the, the bride probably tries on, I don't know, what, 12, 15? The some, I mean, it's, 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 it's different. Scoots, some may try on like two or three and say, all right, I know I like this one. That's it. And yeah, you'll, you'll have some that will probably try on 20 plus. You, you, you can, there are bridezillas out there. Yeah, a, a lot of women just want to see all their options, not just a few. With yeah, men or dressing? Master of, master of women, Justin Kaler. That's right. <laughs> Come on. Um, Justin, uh, your hot take. I need to ask you about this because, you know, you're not the most active tweeter, but right before we went to break, you quote tweeted something from inside the hall. It says, Bardo's Big Ten All-Freshman Team. And it's got uh, Sky Clark is one of them, Jet Howard, uh, Braden Smith, Derek Simpson, Bruce Sinsabaugh. No, haven't heard of some of these guys. But you quote tweeted and said, what a joke. So Absolutely. What, what, what's the joke? So Stephen Bardo is the joke, if we're being honest. I mean, he's he's just such a clown. But for Jalen Hood Shafino to not be on that list, I just Who? I don't understand. Who? Jalen Hood Shafino. Learn the name, Roush. Never heard of him. No, uh, you're gonna hear of him soon. Don't you worry, buddy. Who, who does he play for? Hoosiers. Oh. He's good. He he is a good player. He definitely should have been on that list. Uh, Sky Clark, I, he's averaging six points per game. Uh, yeah, he's, he's on it. I mean, Jalen Hood Shafino's averaging seven points per game. Scoots. Yeah, but Jalen Hood Shafino, <laughs> Jalen Hood Shafino does so much more. He does assists. He gets rebounds. I mean, the he, dude's he, gonna. The dude will a, have a triple double this year. I guarantee it. Oh, oh guaranteed it. All right, I'll bet you twenty bucks he doesn't. Mm. Well, I mean, okay. it's a guarantee. It's a guarantee, right? Yeah, if you let's do it. Three, three you know twenty bucks on a guarantee. Let's do it. Okay. Triple double. I know that. I mean, I'm not saying it's an easy feat, but it'll happen. All right. Guaranteed. It's not a five hundred dollar bet, but at least no, I've I'm... got some skin in the college basketball season with the Hoosiers. Did you, <laughs> I'm done. Does it count? Does it count tournaments? Do, does, <laughs> you, does, it, does it count the tournaments? Tournament games count. I'll agree with that. That's a whole season bet. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, but uh, I get to ask sixteen more times if tournament counts. Okay. <laughs> Deal. That's the deal. A texture on the Thornton's text line says, is KRC worried about the Louisville football game now? They're playing well, but isn't the talent gap still enough to pick the Cats? If UK can lose to Vanderbilt, they sure as poop can lose to Louisville. Like, yeah. yes, I'm worried about that game. If they had, if you just beat Vanderbilt by one, I probably, am, maybe it's irrational, but my confidence in the UofL game would be much higher. I would say, yeah, this team can look really, really bad, but when push comes to shove, they're not going to lose to teams that they're, that much better than South Carolina, maybe an exception with the quarterback situation, but they they certainly can lose to U of L, and U of L is going to be much more motivated going into that game. They're going to feel like they have stuff to play for. Where UK is going to be like, just get us the hell out of here. Now, hopefully, the rivalry game, you can kind of snap your fingers and say, hey, for this one week, let's go beat their brains in. We'll have some fun with it, and then we can all figure out the bowl game. People can go their separate ways. Whatever ends up happening. But yeah, I'm, I'm. I think Little Howard. Unfortunately, I hate saying it. I think he's in jeopardy a little bit. The the 
only reason, like, even when I was calling UK fans cowards for being scared of Louisville, this team has always matched up well with Kentucky because they just blitz their brains out. And what do we know about Kentucky? They let their quarterback get sacked all the time. Um, so it isn't a great matchup, but a lot of it's just going to the, the part that makes it worse is NC State was supposed to be able to beat them up as well, but they got a backup quarterback now. Wolverine can gain a little momentum and feel really good going in this game. A lot of it's going to be dependent on how good Mark Stoops can get this team up for it. He's done a really good job of it throughout his tenure, mm-hmm. but this season has also been really rough. So there's going to be a lot on the line. Uh, Kentucky should be the better team, but I'll brains out. I'd still pick Kentucky, but I think it'll be very close. It's not going to be the fun beatdowns that we've had of seasons past. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have to show us something that we haven't really seen a lot of. And here's the deal is that like Kentucky hasn't been able to get a push on anybody's offensive line. So they're not going to be able to get a push. Um, I think, I don't know if Cunningham's going to be there or not. You'll have to see. And then on the other side of the line of scrimmage, Louisville blitzes literally more than any other team in power five football. And Kentucky hasn't been great against that. So you, a place where Kentucky is absolutely dominated in the trenches now seems like a push, which is just that that shouldn't happen in a year span. And part of it's the way season, the season has gone. Part of it's also just kind of missing and, 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 and missing on some players and having some holes that were never really addressed or filled. But um, I still am going to take the cats or at least as of today, going to take the cats, but it's not, I, I don't want to. You don't lose to Louisville. That would make this season just the uh, as big as a dumpster fire as Mark Stoops has ever had. But, and he had a season where he won two games. So, but the one good thing is, is you still can end the season with a win over your rival. To just like, okay, let's stop the bleeding. <laughs> be nice. It would be nice. The texture says, as a UK and Buffalo Bills fan, I now hate football. I, at least I went four and zero in fantasy this week. That's way too many fantasy leagues. It's a lot of fantasy leagues, but man. Bills and a Kentucky fan, that's a tough week. No, I mean, the Bills are fine. I don't feel bad for you in the slightest. The Bills are probably going to win the Super Bowl. It's a really tough loss, though. So, yeah, but you're probably going to win the Super Bowl. Who cares? The Vikings are the luckiest team in the NFL. I'm so sick of their little shenanigans. That being said, you're fine, buddy. Chin up. Grading papers from 7 to 9 while listening to KRC has become a very fun routine. Feel bad for whoever's paper I'm grading whenever you'll start talking about football. Oh, it's from the sack pack. Sack. Zach, why are you grading papers from seven to nine? Who why is, are you also grading papers? Like you're, yeah, you're not old enough to grade papers, bud. And you also, gotta, you're like a stat guy. You're you're like a math nerd. Who? Why are you in a classroom grading? T- whose papers are you grading? Oh no! Don't tell me he's a TA. He's definitely a TA. No, he's a TA in like stats two ten. Remember that joke of a class? They oh made my you take? gosh! Imagine having the stack pack grading your paper as like a twenty two year old or a twenty one year old. Man, man. I thought it was a class like where you had kid. to put the drunk goggles on and do the thing. That was the dumbest. That was the dumbest thing. Roush, you hearing scuttlebutt about any of our freshman studs leaving? Nope. We talked a little bit about that earlier as well. I mean, people are going to leave, but I just, uh, you know, I just have like calculated guesses as to who it could be, but I haven't heard any heard any rumblings. Here, like I, at the end of the day, though, you just need to win the transfer portal. So if yep. you do lose somebody that really is going to bug us. Kentucky can make that up. You can. I mean, theoretically, you can make it up. Now, if you lost like a Deontay Walker, can you theoretically actually make that up? It'd be tough. Like, it'd be tough to do, but I don't think it's impossible to do, Roush. 
Yeah, that one's impossible. You th- yeah. I mean, that would be that would probably be the one but, that but would like, be. But like, but, yeah, exactly. That's like the only one that would really be impossible. The rest, like Barry on Brown, like you know, I know people are freaking out over him. Um, he's really good. Don't get me wrong, but like Kentucky's recruiting some also some really good other receivers. No, like yeah. I mean that Barry and Brown would be a huge loss. Key would be a huge if if these things key would happen. be. Key would be the second biggest, I think, because he's from Lexington, like mm-hmm. legacy guy. Like you know, he he can be like a kind of poster child, especially when you're losing Levis and Rodriguez next year. Like Dane Key's going to be on all the posters, right? Sure. So, and, and from that standpoint, you make a good point. I just think what what Brown can do in special teams, he's a more valuable player. But from that aspect, yeah, you can't really put a price tag on the homegrown talent sort of aspect of it. And then to go back to the Walker thing, I do agree with you. You can't really, I mean, realistically, you're not going to be able to replace him. But you could get a disruptive defensive lineman that you just wouldn't be able to mix like talent with potential. And that's where you couldn't really replicate the same thing. You could probably get somebody that's a little bit more experienced that's really physical, but just probably not going to be that big of a freak athlete. And, well, you know, and that position too is player. just tough. It it's is. Hard. You're yeah. right. And you shrunk gold with him. You need to do what you can to keep him. A texter says, Levis is the most overrated QB since when? I think a lot of the stacks, he just holds on to the ball too long and misses some of the easy passes. I agree with that, but like more overrated than who? He's a better quarterback than Terry Wilson. He's a better quarterback than Drew Barker. He's a better quarterback than Patrick Tolls. Um, I don't think he was more overrated than any of those guys either. He's struggling right now, and he needs to be better to finish out this year. He's probably only got two more games left in a Wildcat uniform. Provide us with a memory. If nothing else, make sure that Governor's Cup stays in Lexington and Little Howard stays with the good guys. Yeah, that would be – being 4-0 against Florida and Louisville would be a nice – you didn't get Tennessee, but those would still be those would still be nice. I've got a feeling that Louisville game in two weeks will be as ugly as the garbage can throwing game a few years ago. But no, this UK team's very disciplined. They don't get stupid penalties or do silly things. Well, Kentucky, hey, three o'clock kickoff though. Three o'clock That'll kickoff. Be... I like it. Yeah, I, I think I would have preferred the traditional four, just from a because like the, you never see three o'clock right and. Mm-hmm. That way we could watch the end of Ohio State, Michigan. Instead, it's going to be like I'm going to have it pulled up on my laptop in the press box. But still, it'll be uh, ha- not having it at noon. Hopefully, the sun comes out, warms up a little bit, and with three o'clock too, you get almost all. Of, I mean, pretty much everything, but the fourth quarter will be in daylight, so it should stay pretty warm. That crowd will be ugly. Also, at halftime, it's going to be dark. You're crazy, buddy. It gets dark at like five thirty, five forty-five now. Um, I'm being optimistic, TJ. Try. <laughs> Let's go to our last break. We'll come back. We'll do text line. Uh, I got a lot to go with that. And then need uh, somebody on the text line I see sent in like the FBI. I, d- I mean, that's the dumbest thing in the world. I mean, please stop doing the FBI with us. Every year, U of L fans talk about the FBI. I mean, it is a, 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 as meaningless as if Roush just did a little chart and said UK 99% and then you did U of L with a little one sliver of red at 1%. They're meaningless. They're totally and completely meaningless. Had UK like 85% against Vanderbilt. All right, we will come back. <laughs> we'll wrap up the show. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. Now we be playing football on G and the offense. Yo, you better believe. Can I break it out the rich and give it a suck on the twin? Can I tweak it like this? You tweak it like that. You tweak it with the wiffle ball band. Can I tweak it like this? You tweak it like that. You tweak it with the wiffle ball band. Can I tweak it like this? You tweak it like that. You tweak it with the wiffle ball band. Can I tweak it like this? 
I didn't know that you were at a party on Saturday night. I go to a lot of parties. Okay, I'm going to need to search your car. Give me your keys. I am not giving you my keys. Don't make me do this the hard way. What's the hard way? I go down to the police station on my lunch break. I tell a police officer, I know several, what I suspect you may have in your car. He requests a hearing from a judge and obtains a search warrant. Once he has said warrant, he will drive over here and make you give him the keys to your car, and you will have to obey him. Yeah, let's do it that way. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Welcome back. One final segment, Champions Classic Tuesday edition of Kentucky Roll Call here on Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hope you're having a great start to your morning. It could be better if you get yourself some new sunglasses. Go to ShadyRays.com for premium polarized sunglasses that offer lost and broken coverages. You've probably heard about them because you listen to our radio show. 200,000 plus, more than that. Five-star verified reviews. A lot of people love these sunglasses. Go to ShadyRays.com to find out why. Find a pair for yourself and know that every pair you get, every single pair, they are providing 10 10 meals to help feed America and over 20 million meals have been donated by Shady Rays. That's something to get excited about, folks, and that's that's a good that's, that's a good thing to be doing. Help provide 20 million meals. So go to shadyrays.com and do not forget that promo code Big X at checkout to save 25% off for the best premium polarized sunglasses on the planet with a nice, warm and fuzzy protection coverage. Small processing fee. You get your order back. We've talked about it. I've done it. It's super easy. Go to ShadyRays.com. All right. Uh, anything you want to add, Roush? I, I, I wouldn't mind maybe talking a little Michigan State from an X's and O's standpoint. Well, please uh, tell me because I know nothing about Michigan State other than just I have a feeling they're going to be the typical Michigan State team that plays hard-nosed defense, rebounds, and mucks it up a little bit. Uh, is Hauser their white guy shooter? Um, Hauser is, is there. Yep. He, they're. I think they're going to be probably like they're not top twenty-five right now. They're on the last team out with the updated rankings from yesterday. Again, would have been better if they found a way to hold on and beat Gonzaga on that stupid boat. But um, they lost, so it's an unranked opponent for the Cats this evening. But I bet for the majority of this season they will be ranked, and I bet they'll end up being like a four seed in March. They're just a pretty steady team. Uh, they're missing star power. That's that's where one area that if I was a Michigan State fan, I probably would just – we don't really have dudes that can go take over and win games. But they're a really balanced, steady team. I don't think they're probably going to lose like a lot of silly games. Sometimes you'll get Tom Izzo teams that get upset by terrible teams. I don't think this Michigan State team will be the, the team to do it. Um, their big guy is hefty. But if you had a healthy Oscar Sheway, Oscar would just be way too athletic for him and quick for him. Sisko, if Oscar was healthy, he would put him in the spin cycle. But not knowing Oscar's health, that that matchup becomes a little bit more interesting. If Oscar can't play, you know, who's going to – he's 240. So, that, you know, that's probably too big for a Damian Collins, who will be back tonight. That'll be very exciting. The U.K. fans that are in Indy, make sure you give him – a warm round of applause when you see him and let him know you're thinking about him. But he, that's too big for Collins. That's too big for Toppin to guard down there. Uh, 
we all know how I kind of feel about Lance Ware. Love the dude. But, you know, I, I wouldn't. Could be a, you got a, an Enzo game. Roush is what I'm getting to, slowly mm. but surely. Like, if Oscar can't go, and I don't know then what. you go. Mean, then you go. That's what Cal needs to say on the bench. Yeah. In a dramatic moment. But um, that'll be interesting to see. But in the backcourt, UK has just a sizable, ginormous advantage. Hoggard is somebody that's a, a physical guard. He's a little bit bigger at 6'4". So that's going to be a good matchup for Casey Wallace, except he's a junior. You know, he's a little bit more experienced of a player. So that's going to be something that's going to be really fun to watch. Um, and then Tyson Walker, who I think is my brother from another mother, he is probably... I'd keep an eye on him from deep, but he's little. He's a smaller guard. So do you put Severe Wheeler on him? I think UK has a pretty sizable advantage in the backcourt. Some might call it a severe Wheeler advantage in the backcourt. Oh, man. But I think Kentucky should cruise. Like, not that I think that, you know, at the under-16 timeout, four minutes into the game, Kentucky should be up 10. I think it's one that they may have to grind out a little bit, but I think the final 10 minutes, we shouldn't be overly nervous as the game's going on. That's my, that's my take. Uh, you know, under eight TV timeout, I think Kentucky should probably be up like eight or 10 points and we feel pretty good about things. This feels like a buffer zone ish kind of game. That's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause it's six and a half points was the opening line. I don't know what the number's at now. Feels like a non-point. Six and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels like it's, it's like a Kentucky gets it up to like 17, but then Michigan State goes on a run and gets it within two or three scores, eight-point game, but ultimately UK uh, puts the thing in cruise control. Roush, get, get out of my head, because that was going to be my spread for the game. Nine? Nine. Yeah. yeah. Hey, great minds think alike. Well, hasn't the spread already came out? No, I mean, my like our guesses, I was going to have UK oh. winning by nine. Well, Kentucky's a six-point favorite. I think Kentucky covers that. Um, but one thing, one thing that's going to be interesting, one thing that I don't think is in UK's advantage, and I hope to be wrong about this, probably going to be a lot of free throws in this game. Probably going to be a slower pace game. Um, just physical, probably. It's probably not going to have a fun tempo to it where it's getting up and down, which sucks, but that is what it is. That's sometimes what you get when you play Michigan State. And Calipari doesn't always press, press the issue himself. So um, I think it's going to be, a, you know, maybe you'd like the under if, if, you, if that's your sort of thing. But free throw shooting is what I'm getting at. And Kentucky hasn't been amazing from the line this year. They're probably going to shoot a lot of them tonight. They're going to need to make them or have the players on the floor that can make them. That's going to be one area that the game could end up being closer than it needs to be if UK's horrid from the free throw line. Well, CJ Frederick, go draw some fouls, buddy. Maybe. Hey, he's got some Big Ten. He, he knows all about the Sparties. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we got to look Scoot, at CJ Frederick's look, record against him. Yeah, uh, Scoot, why don't you look that up? Or Roush, I don't care. I'll read some texts. A texter said, oh, by the way, the Sack Pack texted me. He is a TA, and he tells me he gets paid $12 an hour. Ooh, nice. $12 an, $12 an hour to listen to Kentucky Roll Call. That's better than most. Yeah. Not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. Yeah, uh, I bet. Yeah, we'll talk about it later, Sack. Roush, you hearing scuttlebutt about any of our freshman studs leaving? Oh, we read that one. Um, Texer says, will Kentucky score an offensive touchdown against Georgia? Yes. People forget Joey Gatewood uh, made it a two-score game. 
Yeah, but I don't think they scored that game. Nick kicked a field goal. It was 14-3, right? Yeah. I don't know if they'll have scored an offensive touchdown. Though. That was the pandemic day of the Halloween party. That was a fun one. Mm. Maybe nobody gets to the bottom of it, but something is up in that locker room with superior talent. Who cares about X's and O's? Just go beat a bad team. Something's up. I agree. Something is yeah. up. Feels, feels, feels weird. Don't know what it is. I, you know, is it just locker room? Is it coaches having a foot out the door? Is it players having? I, I don't know what it is, but something's up. You don't lose to Vanderbilt unless something's up. Roush, during the holidays, don't give Uncle Jack the figgy pudding until he says he'll be UK's offensive coordinator. <laughs> um, if anybody says, uh, "Hey." Neil Brown's not going to come back to be Kentucky's offense coordinator. I don't think I he want fi- Neil Brown to come back to be an offense yeah, coordinator. Yeah, he, he fired himself for being his offense coordinator this year. So, like, he's you, you don't want that. You don't really want that. Yeah, I agree. If Will Levis – if I was Will Levis, I would not play against Georgia. I think we should set him and have them for the Louisville game so maybe we can win that game. I'm so effing angry with our office of mine, officer, coordinator – and honestly, hungry. I'll go ahead and say it, KSR. They sold us a dream like Fox sold the red wave earlier this year about how Kentucky was going to be in football. Oh, that's great. Yep, sorry. That's not my fault. A lot of typos. Terrible. Terrible. Grammatical text. Um, So I'm doing some research on C.J. Frederick versus Michigan State, and I'm afraid that he was always injured whenever they played him. I thought that may be the case. Yeah, I, I was worried that that may be the case, but not once, not even once. Uh, the, maybe this twenty twenty one, he might have been. Uh, he wasn't, but those were both losses. So the only win during his time there, uh, he was not playing. And he well, revenge game, CJ Frederick revenge game tonight. Oh, and yeah, in the loss, he played eleven minutes and got two points, and then yeah. So I, I yeah, this is CJ Frederick revenge game. Wow. A texter says, "Is the route being called? Is it the route being called, or is Will holding on to the ball too long? Could be both, but I, I mean, I know if you're just taking sack after sack after sack, that's on the quarterback at some point. Yeah, yeah. Like, or I mean, or it's on the offensive coordinator, but the quarterback you would think would just want to get rid of it, like even if nobody's open. <laughs> yeah, it it eventually falls on him. Um, yeah. I know, like you can point out like one here or there, but sometimes it's just on you, buddy. Um, so yeah." He, he, his, his pocket awareness has just been – it's never been great, and it feels like it's gotten worse. Mm-hmm. Probably so. just has thinking a ghost with the knowing that he won't have time. The offensive line's not protecting him. But that would, you would think, make him want to get rid of the ball faster, but maybe right, it's just right. like a mental block he's had, not, not getting over. Angry, not hungry. Voice text sucks. All right, so that cleans up some of the, mm. uh, the typos there. Roush, maybe Stoops and Brian Brom can go get another Jeff Ruby's dinner and he can replace Ulrich. Set it up. I really thought, I was really hopeful Brian would be the last, uh, the coordinator hire when they got Cohen. That's never going to happen, though, because they just don't run the ball enough. Um, I thought Brian had a shot, though, but Purdue's never proved that they can run the ball well enough for him to get a job with Mark Stoops. Wow, incredible, incredibly loser mentality from Roush this morning on UK football. Yep. Uh, you, you lose to Vandy, you get to thinking some dark thoughts, Texture. Feels like the Kentucky football staff spent more time working the KSR machine on nil than prepping for Vandy. Ooh. Feels like that was from Kyle Tucker. Well, it was just a terrible time to release all the nil stuff. 
really, really was. Brad White has definitely declined in his performance as defense coordinator, and it's pretty disappointing. Seems like every year Kentucky football starts off with a ton of excitement hype, and it slowly declines throughout the season. A lot of that is on Stoops not getting his guys motivated and focused to play an entire season. He should really be ashamed of himself. I disagree, Texter. Um, up until last week, UK had the seventh most efficient defense most efficient defense in the country. And even after that performance against Vandy, it still ranks ninth. Uh, they did not play well, but they still forced two turnovers. If you play discipline, you get three, and that's the ball game. Um, yeah, I was but, disappointed they weren't able to get off the field in some important situations. Uh, right. But they're banged up as well. I mean, even from the start with Vito, but now you're the best linebacking core, I think, in UK football history. You've that, been incredibly yeah. banged up at multiple positions, multiple players, different times throughout the year, but especially They've right still now. been really good. I mean, you lost Jalen Geiger, too, like for the year. Geiger, that was, yeah, that's another <laughs> one. I'm not making excuses for Brad White, but I, I just – I think the defensive effort has been good enough for UK to be whatever record – you think they should be. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, too. If you look at raw stats, and you if you just determine a defense is good based on the havoc stats they create, tackles for loss, sacks, turnovers forced, then you're going to think this defense stinks. But the fact is, is when you look at efficiency, they limit opposing teams to more yards than what they should be getting. Like, they do a good job, and they did a great job getting off the field until this game. That was the part that really... You can play the way they play if you can get off the field on third down. They just didn't against Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. And part of that, yes, it's on Brad White, but I, I do think a lot of it's just Stoops' inability to get, get some guys up for, for games like this. Yenzer and Scangarello have been horrific hires. Falls on Stoops. If the offensive line talent is an issue compared to past teams, that also falls on Stoops. I agree with that. Nobody yeah. thinks saying Stoops isn't blameless. Right, right. But also, like, can you blame the offensive line that much when, I mean, like some of this is because they had a coach who was battling cancer and died from it. Like your, your recruiting is going to fall off some during then. Like it's just, it's going to. And here's something that nobody ever wants to say out loud. They got really lucky. Luke Fortner was a mid three-star guy that turned into a day one starting center. Um Kennard was an All-American that played for like four years and was uh, you you don't get that very often. You were able to get two building blocks that are high school All-Americans from the state of Kentucky just start for three years for you. Like that just that's just rare in this sport. And I like we took it for granted. We did. We I took didn't. Kentucky's offensive line success for granted. I didn't. I'm, I'm glad you did it, but speak, a lot of people did. Speak for yourself. Big blue wall. I was that had a foam big blue wall finger at every game. It is crazy though that TJ that more people like want to blame Wolford than they do Yenzer. It's like, yeah. well, Wolford had him blocking good, you know. Like he got Dion Walker and Barry on Brown here, you know. Well, I will say that you, I mean, you specifically were pushing the big like Wolford left the, everything in a horrible spot during the offseason. Oh yeah, yeah, I, and and some of that is like, you know what? Maybe I should be careful of what I'm being told, right? Like that's what they're selling. They were just pissed off he left when he did. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it makes, sense. It makes sense for them to be upset about it. And it's not like it, what you always did preface it by being like, just having this many coaches there, this, there's, that's going to have an impact. You did say that you were, you know, it wasn't strictly because like Wolford was bad or did this, that, or the other. Um, it was more of just like, you're replacing people, but you know, things are going to slip through the cracks when that happens. football. Mark Stoops does leave this offseason. I'd be excited about the future. This is probably reactionary, but I think I'm at the point where I'm ready for something new. 
and that's really like I don't think anybody wants to Mark Stoops fired. But if it was if something were to change, like you know, people do get excited during coaching searches, right? About the potential for the future. Uh, I, I just I don't where, yeah I don't think it'd be like well the program's done you know Stoops is left I think you'd have some I think some people would be like all right this things could go far backwards you don't know for sure but you'd have people optimistic like that texture where it's like hey you know what thank you Stoops for everything you did the place is a million times better than when you found it maybe we find somebody that takes it to that next step the step that you seemingly can't kind of get over which is consistently decent offenses. Another texture says, do you guys think if the Rams move on from Liam Cohen, Mark will tell Rich to kick rocks and bring Cohen back? Seems unlikely. Uh, I mean, yeah. it'd be awesome, but seems unlikely. But, lot, but also, like, if he's, gonna, if he's going to tell Rich to kick rocks, it's six weeks before the NFL season ends. Although the Rams, yeah. probably not making the playoffs. No, they're not. No, they're, they're bad. Uh, maybe we can beat UTEP in Houston to get hashtag five straight postseason wins. Yeah, hey, just win the bowl game, just count it to the record, and then you just move on and, and we'll all get excited for 2023 one way or another. Firing Skang would be such an issue, wouldn't be such an issue if so much of the hire wasn't predicted, predicated, excuse me, on him finding your QB for next year. Yeah, but it shouldn't be predicated on your quarterback. What, like, what are the chances that Rich is going to get a quarterback that's better than Will Levis? Uh, probably will not. That's a good point, yeah. Roush. Um, <laughs> thought the wide receiver sure. dragged his foot on, on the first foot. was a catch, unfortunately. Uh, it was close. I'm ready for football coaching search. Let's do it. Yes, Kyle relays Kyle's talking points to the media. It's a real shame no one does that for Stoops. Oh, yeah, no one does that. <laughs> <laughs> I Texture got you from yesterday. Texture <laughs> from yesterday is right. Wolford is vindicated and all the pushback and shots taken to him this offseason were over the top. I understand they're upset with how he left, but that whole thing looks a little funny in the cold light of day. Cold well, light of I mean, day, that's a great saying. But even, like, there are right ways to leave. He could be a great offensive coordinator. The issues could be because he's not around and, you know, he's so great at his job. All those things could be true. You can still be a mature adult and how you handle your goodbye. So that can still be accurate. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers can't win Green Bay ga- can't win Green Bay games this year. I'm not saying Will's played great this year, but our offensive line has been horrendous this year. Are you saying he's not a great QB? You can't win a game with one person. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has won games, and he's also put balls on the money where wide receivers has just dropped them. He has also had games where he has been a big reason why Green Bay has lost, and he has he has cost Green Bay some games by being off on some throws. Uh, a quarterback has so much control in a football game, Texter. I don't think you quite understand how much control it is. Levis has not put balls on the money where we've been able to easily blame wide receivers. That has happened this season. But as of late, it's not like – I mean, you, your eyeballs aren't deceiving you. He's holding on to the ball too long. Everybody knows it. He's got to get rid of it quicker. He's got to be better. I'm not specifically blaming him for losses, but he hasn't gone out there and won a game either. Worst pos- pocket presence, Carson Wentz or Levis? Carson Wentz. I listened to the Mark Soup show, and I hate to read too much into things, but overall, that did not sound like a guy that was here for much longer. His tone and overall tenor of the show sounded like a guy that was going through the motions and already has a foot out the door. Again, I'm probably reading too much into this, but when you lose to Vandy, everyone is going to look deeper into things. What say you 
what say you, how you say it, and look for something behind the scenes. That's from Mook. Hey, Mook. I did not. I was not able to listen to the Mark Stoop show, so I probably need to go back and listen. Didn't listen to the whole thing, but I agree with you, Mook. I just maybe he's just down because like the season has not gone the way he has, but he just doesn't. And even the way he. <laughs> At the at the luncheon yesterday, he's just wearing like I don't know. It almost looked like he could have just taken his pullover off, removed the UK logo behind him, and it could have been his goodbye press conference. Like, yeah, I, I agree. I just think something's up. Hope to be wrong about it. I think the only job that would go out of their way to take him would be Iowa. All right, um, at least at this juncture. All right, we gotta do our picks for tonight. MVPs picks. I'll put a little tab on where we stop the text line. Gives us all the fun stuff to talk about tomorrow. One texter said Nick is 100% right, so it's a great time to end the text line because who knows what they're talking about. Yes, All right. 100% uh, right. Right now our little game, Justin's winning. Scoots, what's the score, and who's your MVP? Uh, Kentucky, 73-64. Give me Oscar. I think he'll play inspired in his first game back. Wow. Okay. Uh, doesn't seem like he's going to get enough minutes to have that. Be he's going to get enough minutes. Trust me. All right, I'll take UK 70 Michigan State, 58, 12-point win for the Cats. And go ahead and give me Reeves. I'm just going to go ahead and take him. Just He'll hit a couple threes. He'll be the MVP for tonight. Roush, you're still looking for your first point, buddy. 69-60 to 60 for the Cates. And we haven't had the big Jacob Toppin game yet. Feels like this is the right spotlight for him. So ain't no stopping Jacob Toppin. All right, average margin of victory is a 10-point win for the Cats when you average out our scores, so we're expecting UK to look good. Enjoy it. Champions Classic Night, Cats versus Sparties. First big game of the year for UK. We'll be here tomorrow at 7 a.m. to talk all about it. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Taylor. I'm shaking haters off like a rodeo